Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Naked and Inside Out. I'm Cynthia Katera, joined with my girlfriend Janine Toro, aka the CTO and handler of all things technological on Naked and Inside Out. How's that intro? That's very good. All right. <laughs> we are in LGBT podcast highlighting people in the community doing some incredible things with their lives and career. And we're here to share these stories with you and to provide a source of inspiration for our listeners. So today's episode, we are on location at Badlands Salon in Park Slope, Brooklyn. We are actually interviewing our first podcast in a car. <laughs> we're on Baltic and in Fifth Ave. If you want to come see the location when you hear this. That's where we recorded this. So today's episode, Badland Salon. Um, we are speaking with the owner of this fabulous place. Her name is Deirdre Novella, who's created this genderqueer salon. Deirdre, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Um, so can you walk us through a little bit about how you got to where you are today and what made you create Badland Salon? Hmm, yeah. Um, well, I've always cut hair. I've always been an artist, painter, um, and cutting hair is a really good way to make money when you're an artist. Um, like even friends of mine who don't know what to do, who are like amazing artists who aren't making money, I'm like, just go get like your barber license or your, you know, cosmetology license because it's a really good way to make money. But I always have cut people's hair since I was a little kid. And, um, you know, I was just doing it for years and years. And then in my late 20s, finally went to school for it. And, um, you know, I actually have always wanted to own a salon but um I went to cosmetology school and then I got right into the fashion industry um did that for about seven years doing hair and makeup um in New York and um you know in the back of my head owning a salon was always a goal like yeah. like it just was like just always appealed to me and um looking back now it's interesting now that it's happened I really I think well, one of the reasons why I wanted to do the salon in, as opposed to the fashion industry is in the industry, you don't really get one-on-one -on -one connections with people. Like, yeah. it's like you're part of a bigger thing and, <laughs> you know, that's exciting and everything. But I, I was really missing that connection with people. I really like connecting with people. And looking back, I see that I really wanted to create a community. Like, I love community. I think also being queer, like having a community is really important. You just need mm -hmm. to identify with other people because you're such a minority. Mm -hmm. So after being in the fashion industry, I went back to um, cutting. I just did a course, um, an apprenticeship, went back to cutting. I was living in LA. So I was living in New York. Mm -hmm. I went to LA, did the apprenticeship, came back to New York and opened the salon. And like I think the only difference between me and, like, my stylist is that I had someone give me the money to do it because mm -hmm. I didn't have the money to open the salon. Like, yeah. it was always just, like, a pipe dream. You know, it's hard to come up with, like, thousands of dollars yeah. to start There's, a business. Yeah, yeah that's I mean, that was my next question. Back. Like, yeah, how did exactly. that happen? Yeah. yeah, I just never thought it would happen. And um, <clears throat> But I met someone in L.A. who really liked my idea. And, I mean, my idea was actually really common in California but it really wasn't seen here too much which is which is kind of crazy I mean if you I think know. about like and I don't know I feel like yeah. it should be opposite almost or like I both know. Yeah. In sync. yeah yeah and I think it's because in California people are really into the way they look like yeah. the salon environment is so huge there yeah like it's just people in New York care but 
we don't care to the extent. Yeah. Or at least we want to look like we don't. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like people here really (laughs) undone, like, just make it messy. Mm -hmm. Just make me look natural. Total opposite in California. Yeah. At least Southern California. Yeah. Um, So anyway, so, um, and the idea was combining a barbershop with a salon. Yeah. Which, um, you know, obviously happens in like unisex, but more like obviously modern, like, and then also, um, you know, so my whole staff is trained in clipper cutting and all that, which you, is kind of uncommon. When you go into most salons, the stylists know how to do men's cuts, but they don't usually don't know how to do clipper cutting, yeah. which is like fades and all the stuff that's really popular right now. And Got also, it, yeah. also like, um, you know, in the queer community, um, cutting, you know, women's hair, or people who are gender neutral or whatever so clipper cutting is really big like a lot yeah. of people get fades and shaves and crazy stuff and just like it's a very creative atmosphere when when you're not having to conform to gender specific styles mm-hmm. it's really like people are really creative and that's like the funnest thing about the shop is people just want to do anything they're like you know most people come in the shop are like do what you want or bring in an idea it's just like a really creative atmosphere and um, so the other thing about opening the shop was, yeah, like creating a community. Um, like, I don't know. I didn't even really advertise that we were a queer salon at first. Yeah. It you just, know, it just happened. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think because all of my friends and then they told their friends. And so yeah. now it's like word on the street. We're the place to go if you. That's awesome. If that's what you want. And well, so yeah, we found out about that. Well, yeah. yeah exactly. Like friends of friends. Yeah. 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 And so that's how, you know, my staff, like most of my staff is queer identified. And that's really rare for women. I mean, we have a couple of um, men, too. But um, it's just really rare as you guys know, to work at your work mm-hmm. to be mostly yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. that never happens. You're, so, yeah, you're, I guess really you're the minority cool. if you're straight. Like, yeah. yeah. That's just amazing. Is, I know. <laughs> I know. It's like every time. Yeah, I know, I know right? nothing about yeah. cutting hair, but. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I, I can, can find a spot for you. Okay. Um, <laughs> I were really attracting also queer stylists. So every time I walk into the shop every day, I'm like, I just feel so grateful to be surrounded by people like me and to have such a safe environment. That was another reason why I wanted to have my own business is because I can really control the environment in a way that like Mm -hmm. we don't have any chemicals. Like we have hair color, but we don't do any like keratin treatments or anything that has any chemical processes. Um, we use a lot of, not necessarily organic pro- products, but really, like, paraben-free, like, more, like, natural, like, mm-hmm. you know, and, like, I can control the music, I can, you know, it's just, I wanted to create a specific atmosphere, and I feel really lucky that I was able to do that and able to come to work every day in an atmosphere that I want to be in. Yeah, and which is like successfully, too. Yeah, yeah, and then the reason why I think it appealed... Well, Park Slope obviously is always, I mean, for a long time, 20 years-ish, been the area where the lesbians all, you know, moved to back in the day. And now it's still kind of like that, you know? I think Mm -hmm. it's really, like, it's diverse in the way that there's a lot of families, there's a lot of artists, there's a lot of students, there's a lot of of different types of people. Yeah, it's... um, It is. I mean, it's the perfect neighborhood to have for your type of salon because... It is inclusive to everyone. Definitely, yeah. 
Um, so how long how long has Badlands been open for now? It'll be four years in March. Wow! Mm-hmm. Congratulations! Thanks. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. What do you? I mean, besides besides the takeaways of you know like you're able to like create such an amazing environment as probably one of um, the pluses of having your own business. Like, mm-hmm. can you maybe highlight a couple of the other ones, or you know, like what is the greatest takeaway of being like a hairstylist, or and yeah. and or owning your own business? Yeah. Well, owning, it's really awesome. This just popped in my head. It's so awesome to hear my staff say that they I mean, love working here. It just yeah. feels so good. And to know, like, to provide jobs for people that people really love coming to work. I know. And that, like, how never rare. Happens. I was going to, yeah. yeah that how never rare happens. is that? Yeah, it's, it's really awesome. I think a lot of it is the no gossiping rule and, you know, really being um, professional and really being kind to everyone. It's just, like, good energy. And everyone who comes in, I mean... A lot of the clients come in and they say, "This, you have really good energy here. Like, people can feel it. It just feels welcoming. And it nice. did. When yeah. you came in, it was packed. It was, yeah. Warm. Cool. Like, everyone seemed like. Music. Yeah. yeah. Like, it was like everyone like, was just having a party. good time. Yeah. Exactly. yeah totally. Like, you forget you're, like, in a hair salon almost. I love it. You know you did that on purpose. I did. Well, I didn't want it to feel like a salon also. Yeah. I don't like it's kind of typical salon decor. Yeah, I wanted it to feel like loungy, like you can just hang out. It's definitely loungy, yeah. and relaxed. Yeah. So, um, go ahead. So I have a question. So you're saying that most of your staff has like the skill set to do, like I guess for men or women hairstyling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So is that something that they just have, and they, you know they come in with the interview and they have those skills, or it's something that if you interview someone and they're like, oh, like you get them trained in that. Yeah. Most of the people I train, some have come come in with barbering skills, but most people come in with cosmetology skills, which is, you know, cutting in color, but not clipper work. That's what really kind of sets the barber apart. Mm -hmm. So I train everyone who doesn't do clipper work to do clipper work, which is um, just, we just do a lot of classes in the beginning. And then when they're ready, we just like give them, start giving them Awesome. So you actually are doing the training. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's kind of like how I learned and then I'm kind of passing it on. <clears throat> passing the torch. So, so technically yeah. you could see totally. someone that <laughs> mm-hmm. you love the way they do X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. They have that potential. So then you kind of take yeah, them out of your way. Yeah, totally, totally. Got it. And mm-hmm. what would you say, I mean, because when I get my hair cut, I usually like hug my hairstylist. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my God, it's amazing. Do I don't, <laughs> yes, like it's so, especially like, like after I don't know you're if done. I'm having, yes, oh, okay. because it's <laughs> like, oh, I mean, unless it's, it's like horrible, but I mean, it's I don't know. It's an intimate experience. <laughs> Like, people, yeah. I think, don't give it the credit it deserves or because it's it's the, like, beauty industry. It's not—it's pretty superficial. But you're t- not taking account—your self-esteem is really wrapped up in how your hair is. It's, like, such an—you know what right. I mean? No, and, well, and that's another thing, too, which I feel like is so crucial. Not mm-hmm. so crucial, and it's definitely, like, person to person, but I feel like a lot of—with, like, expression, like, myself working in fashion— mm-hmm. um, A lot of expression goes into, like, how I dress or how I wear. I'm not, like, a big hair person. But, like, I know for a lot of people and people specifically in the LGBT community, like, that's how we can express ourselves or express our identity. Exactly. And Mm -hmm. I feel like it is so crucial and imperative. Like, it can be. Like, if you Mm -hmm. you want it to be. And that's, like, your choice. But it is. Like, how do you... I can't imagine, like, somebody comes in, they're like, I want this, 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 this. Mm -hmm. Like, how, 
how do you nail it? Like, how do you know exactly, like, how they're explaining it? Because I know I don't have the vocabulary. I'm like, layers, Most people don't have the vocabulary. Yeah, Yeah. that's part of being a good stylist is is being able to um, interpret. Yeah. Like, because people, we know that people don't know the the lingo or whatever. So there's specific (laughs) tools that you learn. And it's really a lot of practice on how to really nail it. It's a lot of like, well, you have to like really specifically physically show what an inch is. Because people be like, I want a half inch or inch. People don't know exactly what it is. So you show it, you use a lot of pictures, like, you know, do you want like this? Or this is what I'm thinking for you. Because then people can visualize it and say, oh, I like that. I want that on my head. Mm. And then a lot of times, though, people want stuff that won't really work with their hair texture. So it's also being able to say that actually won't work, you Mm -hmm. know. But it is a really intimate thing when you're trusting someone with your hair. They're, like, putting their hands into your head, you know, in your hair. And, like, you know, and it's really, like, emotional. It is. It's really emotional, yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, do you think that's, you know, like one of the great takeaways from it, like having Mm -hmm. a successful haircut and like, I don't know, like seeing that transformation, like, you know, because on your Instagram, you guys do like a lot of before and after. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, like like crazy I'm like, if that was me, like, whoa. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. It's really rewarding. It is. It's really awesome. Yeah, I love having someone sit down and, and, like, completely making them totally different. Even though I only cut, I don't really do color anymore. Like, to do someone's haircut and to pass the client along to the next, you know, to the colorist and to see, like, a total transformation. And then the person's so happy. And, you know, a lot of times color or a cut can really make someone look totally different, which is yeah. really interesting. And just to see that whole process is awesome. It's awesome to see people really happy, like, yeah. with how they look. It's yeah. like, really, yeah. I think, I mean, just because I think it can be challenging, especially going through with, like, identity and mm-hmm. uh, figuring out, like, about yourself. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. you know, even, like, you know, it was just uh, Trans Remembrance Day on Friday, seeing like a physical transformation versus like how you feel inside exactly it can be mm-hmm. with just even simply like with a haircut yeah and additionally yeah. like other things as well but yeah. I mean I think it's yeah it's a great yeah. it's a great tool and I agree yeah. I think it's totally underrated absolutely yeah. we've <laughs> yeah. a lot of teenagers like kids from that school down the street girls coming in and just and shaving their whole heads That's off awesome. like stuff like that like people you know we do get a lot of transformations and we, you know, do get, I do hear a lot like people who aren't comfortable going into barbershops because they're the way they're treated yeah. or the woman at the salon just doesn't get it right. You know, at the salon down the street or whatever, not anyone in particular, but just like, yeah. you know, like the thing is, is we can do, we do everyone's hair obviously, but then we also do people who want more like, masculine haircuts are more you know because there's a certain aesthetic like if a woman comes in and she has really short hair if she goes to the salon down the street the styles will make her look like too feminine and won't really understand that oh she doesn't want a feminine cut you know so it's like that that's like we hear that all the time when a female with shorter Mm -hmm. hair goes to say a salon Mm -hmm. and they they yeah. do the cut wrong because it looks more um, right. feminine versus like, yeah. there's, like a, there's almost like this specific niche you guys fill, yeah. right? Like exactly. It's, and people, it's the vision and like interpretation mm-hmm. that I mean, yeah, your like stylists have that can right. execute that. And exactly. exactly, it is that environment yeah. and like 
whatever judgment free zone. Yeah. You are who you are. Exactly. Like, I think it's incredible. Yeah. It's so yeah. amazing. We do get people saying like, thank God, you know, you guys are here. Like I, whatever, like, yeah, it's, I think it's definitely, I'm surprised that there's not a lot more. There are some, but like more. What would you say is one of the biggest risks you've taken in your career or it can be personal life as well? Well, definitely just opening the shop was a big risk financially. Yeah. But I did know it was going to work. I just had a feeling. Yeah. Because I knew there was a lack of it. I don't know. I feel like I've taken so many risks. I'm a risk taker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How does, I mean, I feel like it's working out pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this, this time it did. I This time it worked out. But usually I'm, like, moving all over the place. I've moved so many places and, like, I mean, around the country. Like, I just, like, have an idea and I just, like, go for it. But this one worked out because I was finally, like, old enough and mature enough to, like, really, like, settle down and be, like, you know, because it's a lot of work, like a lot yeah, of hard work. I so it was imagine. like, yeah. So I just was finally <laughs> in the place in my life where I was able to do, to undertake. Like it. I'm ready for this. Like, yeah, totally. But do you think those experiences is what sort of got you to this place? Yeah, now? definitely, definitely. Like I don't think I would have necessarily opened up this kind of shop if I hadn't moved to LA. Which when I was moving to LA, everyone was like, "You're crazy. Why are you moving there?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's and I yeah. So. I would probably say the same thing. No. Yeah. I love LA, yeah. but I yeah. don't know if I could live there. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. It's it's tough living there, I think. Was it just the, the specific school you wanted to attend? Yeah. I went there specifically to, to do a Vidal Sassoon apprenticeship, which oh, nice. they have them here. But for some reason, I had it in my head that I had to go there. I don't okay. know why. It was like a So a you could thing. have stayed in New York, but something, something yeah, was totally. pulling you towards yeah. LA. Yeah. And I, it was the, the reason, end, though. That, yeah, I that think was so. Why. That was why. Yeah. What can you tell our listeners, like, can you give them any advice for, you know, like somebody that wants to pick up and move into Mm -hmm. like a different city or like across the country or like to Europe or something Mm -hmm. like that's like, no, I don't know if I should or a little Mm -hmm. bit like hesitant about it. Yeah. You mean in any kind of career? Um, yeah, career or just moving, Whatever, like just just doing it. Yeah, and like just not just not fearing maybe, like, and worrying about like, oh my god, like how am I going to pay my rent? Because yeah. that that would be me. I'd be like, well, how am I going to do this? And yeah. how? Am I, and then I'd be in my head, and then the idea of actually doing it would just right. filter away because I'm too caught yeah. up in all the the day to day. Right. I think the job thing is what holds most people back. Like, where yeah. am I going to work? I think being in the service industry is easy because you can always get a job bartending or yeah, serving true. tables, like stuff like that. Like. Um, waiting tables or whatever. Um, so beyond the job thing, I think another thing that holds people back is just fear of the unknown and thinking I'm not going to have any friends. People don't like to change and to like yeah. reach, like break out, like meet new people. But it's like, you know, I think that's the thing is just, you can always move back to where you are. That's true. So it's like, why not? Why not give it a try? Like, what's the worst that can happen? Like, nothing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you just maybe don't find the job you want or whatever. It's like, it's always, I think, best to to take the experience and to do, you know, you don't want to be, like, growing older and then, like, settling down and be like, I never did this. I, I always wanted to live in Florida yeah. or whatever and just yeah. never doing it. Yeah. Sweet. What's the favorite, what was your favorite place where you lived? 
Um, <laughs> I can't say New Santa York. Fe, New Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> Santa Fe, really? New Mexico. Yeah. Why? Yeah. I just love it there. I love the desert. Um, it's high desert, so it's like in a little mountain town. It's really creative. Tons of artists. Um, really, really gorgeous. Tons of hot springs. Tons of outdoor nature things to do. Amazing restaurants. Um, it's got four seasons. It's in the high desert. Really like a really spiritually um, intense place. Yeah. It's just really, you know, and then it doesn't even feel like you're in the country because it's got such, it's such Mexican culture and Spanish culture that it's like, you know, it's just all Adobe House. They have this um, building um, restriction where it has to, all the, all the structures have to be look they have to look like they're adobe so it's like you don't feel like you're in the states oh that's interesting it's really cool it's like we have to go it's like really romantic it's like the best like week vacation in the in our country i think like so romantic and so amazing yeah put it on the list yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) so do you think i'm curious you said you also did a lot of like painting and fine Mm -hmm. art was that like when you were younger? Do you still do that now? Like, do you feel that? I, I feel like you're doing so many creative things, right? Yeah. Um, in different forms. Do you think that um, a part of, you know, having that fine art sort of sensibility, do you think that sort of brought you here now um, with the salon yeah. and you're thinking of the salon or maybe it has nothing to do with it? But do you, yeah. do you feel like, like that as a creative outlet has done something? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I always painted and I always did hair and about 10 years ago I was well not it wasn't 10 years ago it was like maybe five years ago but like for literally the last more than 10 years I was going back and forth in my head am I going to do hair or am I going to do art yeah like for some reason (laughs) I I tried to do both but it's really hard to do two things really well you just really have to vote you have to pick one you have to be like okay I'm going to focus on this and I didn't know I was like I'm an artist what should I do? And the, that fat, the fashion industry takes up so much of your time. And I was like, never able to paint. And I was like, really torn. And a friend of mine, who's actually this amazing naturopathic doctor, um, who I've known for a long time, I asked her, what should I do? And she's really psychic. And I always like trust what she says. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, should I do, should I become, should I just be a painter? Or should I do hair? Because hair meant money. You can always make money in hair. Yeah. And she said, I thought she was going to say, you just should be an artist. Just be a painter. That's what everyone says. And she said, you always have to make money. She goes, you always will be able to paint no matter what. Yeah. So you really have to make money. And I was like, yeah. and that from that point on, that's when I was like, I'm going to open the salon. It was like, it was like I that's, became hyper-focused. And I was yeah. like, I just had the vision. And then, and then it just all worked out that way. And I wasn't able to do any art for the first couple of years the shop was open because you know, I was working it's like crazy. six, seven days a week. Yeah. But now <laughs> I've been doing, I actually haven't started painting again, but I've been doing another thing that I like to do a lot, which is quilt, quilts. Really? <laughs> so I've been like sewing quilts. Like that's my, been my creative outlet because it's somehow easier. It's less, painting is so emotional. It's and it takes so much. Yeah. It takes so much mental energy to yeah. paint that it's just, I just haven't had the space yet, but I'm starting to get there where I know it's like opening up. I know I'll start painting again, but yeah. Yeah. And it definitely ties in like the, the salon is a creative aspect definitely. And it's, it's just, to me, it is, I feel lucky in that it pays my bills. And that's like, that's, I think 
I think that, that's what we're all like looking to do. I yeah, guess, you need something like, that pays your bills. Doing something that makes you happy yeah. that you're passionate about. Yeah. And also, but, like provides for you and yeah. able to exactly and you're not working yeah. for allow you to live your life and right your- yeah <laughs> totally you have like integrity you feel like you have integrity with what you're doing for 40 hours a week i yeah. think it's so hard to like you know work especially in new york city when you have to work at least 40 hours a week to like pay your rent mm-hmm. i think it's easier in other places where you could pass on a part-time job and it's like oh, if i don't love that job at least i'm only there whatever but when you're here and working so much it's like so important to really love your job. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when do you, besides quilting, mm-hmm. um, what else do you do for rejuvenation in your time off? Mm. Like do you, is it music, mm. reading? Yes. Cooking? I read so much. I'm always reading a few different books. What, um, are, you, what are you reading now? Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. Um, yeah. yeah. I just read this amazing book on quantum physics called The Biology of Belief. Wow. And it ties into this whole um I've been do I've been taking classes also with uh my naturopathic doctor on um it's basically like energy healing. Mm-hmm. And it's in the alternative medicine category. I started reading quantum physics stuff like a little while ago, probably about a year ago, and then, or maybe more than that, like probably two years ago, and then I started taking these classes, and it all ties together because it's like energy medicine is based on this concept of intention, and that's mm-hmm. why they say that like what you think about manifests in your body, mm-hmm. you can you can like give yourself cancer, and it's like why. I- I tell this girl. Well, not, not, yeah. not, not with yeah, this so Yeah. It's, but you it can is. make yourself sick, but it's like, yeah. why? Like, yeah. actually, why? And it's the it's the um, quantum physics that explains that. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, totally, like, scientifically, like, based. Yeah. You know, like, why why it actually happens. And that's really fascinating to me. So I've been reading a lot about that. And, um, oh, yeah. That sounds like a light That's read. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, and I've been reading these books on, like, these channeled books. And um, so it's more of a spiritual aspect. And um, what else? I like just really fun reading, too. I like science fiction, and I like, um, I just, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I love that stuff. I did not see you saying quantum physics. I know. I was like, I love why? that. I was like, that's I'm gonna have to read this book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so good. Uh huh. So, do you talking about like the way this kind of like wraps into what we're talking about? This sort of like creative outlets and what you're doing to rejuvenate mm-hmm. and such. So, do you have this belief system too for your employees? And mm-hmm. um, like we were talking about before, like they're excited to come to work. They love working for you. Like there's something you know, that you're obviously doing right. Mm-hmm. Um, do you apply those same sort of principles in, I think you call it your manual, um, before, yeah. like, you know, like the, the no gossip rule, all these yeah. like, things. Like, is that something that you, like, allow them to do too so they still are very creative and have a vision? Definitely. I think that's why they're so happy is because they... Well, it's weird. It's like the shop's really attracted that kind of person. Like, the, the person who can relate to to what I was just talking about, like where energy really matters and being happy. It's like my staff like tells me, I ask them when they're hired, what is your ideal schedule? And Mm -hmm. I I give it to them. Like Mm -hmm. I'm like, it might take a month or two, but I want them to be, to have the life they want. Yeah. Cause I know I worked 
years and years in jobs that were miserable because you just had to give up so much of yourself. It was like soul crushing. It was like no one cared what you wanted in your schedule. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so it was like things like that and also like days off. They can take days off. I mean, they we have a rule about it. Like, you yeah. have to get someone to cover your shift. But if there's an emergency or if there's something you really want to do and no one can come, I'm like, yeah, you can do it. I'm not here to say it's not a power trip. You yeah. know, I'm not like that kind of boss. And people say that to me, like, you don't really have a a boss personality. And I'm like, no, because <laughs> like, it's like, yeah, it's really interesting because it's like people, <clears throat> my staff seems to, they just... I don't know. It's almost like a family, you know? And That's great. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I just really pay attention to what they want and what they need. I think that's so important. I mean, yeah, yeah I hate that word, boss. I know. When, I, when I, I get called it, I'm like, what? I'm the like, perception me? of a boss uh-huh. is, I guess, very angry and bossy. And bossy. Boss is bossy. So to say. Yeah. Um, no, but that's great. I mean, I think that's so important, like, especially like, even with us, with this podcast, right? We both work full-time jobs and find the time to do something like this. Like, it's very important. Like, you don't always get... You're not going to get those hours back, right. right? Like Exactly. Well, I also think... I mean, I do a lot of reading about just, like, work corporate structure and, like, managing and things like that because mm-hmm. whatever. I'm a manager. <laughs> uh-huh. But, it, you know, with all the talk of just, like... Uh, millennial outlook and work environment like Mm -hmm. that's I mean I think a big part of the challenge is creating a great work environment for Mm -hmm. people that want to come in and enjoy it and yes like working in a creative industry it's challenging to like kind of balance that too like yes there needs to be a structure but not so much where it's going to hindrance the Mm -hmm. creativity or it's going to hindrance the behavior of the people that are working on my team mm-hmm. to be productive and yeah. to like enjoy it. And that's, and it is, it's all about environment. And yeah, definitely. I mean, Badlands nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, do you have another question? Yeah, I have a question that doesn't necessarily <laughs> relate to what we're talking about, but okay. um, my mind, you know, it just jumps everywhere. Do you ever have people that come in from out of town? To your salon, like, they yeah, know from, say, like, because I know in the yes. beginning we were saying, like, from a friend of a friend, but, right. like, I'm sure they're not all, all maybe they are all, always yeah. local New Yorkers, but do people, like, give you a call and they come in? Like, yeah, it, yeah really. We have people so coming people from find New you. Jersey and Connecticut and upstate New York. I'm wow. like, how did you hear of us? Like, yeah. it's, it's always really interesting to me. What do they yeah. say? Well, it's usually word of mouth, but a lot of people Google queer haircuts or Brooklyn, you know. yeah queer salon like something like that but then there's also like we have a really like punk rock sort of aesthetic so people it's all google words it's like that's people crazy. google what they want and then like we show up yeah sometimes. it means your seo is amazing that's what that, that means yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that? it basically means you're using the right words for people to find you and yeah. yeah yeah i yeah. mean just yeah. to go back around with that i mean like you said like when you first opened mm-hmm. it what you weren't necessarily like advertising that this is like a gender queer salon it just kind of like evolved into that yeah do you use that as a marketing tool now or yeah I've been been like pushing more because I realized that even though I didn't necessarily market it that way I still definitely felt that way and yeah you know really wanted it to be that way in a community way but recently I've been more pushing it because I s- still hear that a lot of people don't know that we're here. So yeah. people are like, oh, 
I didn't know that you existed. You know, so it's like I yeah. want people to be able to Google us and to find us who are looking for this specific thing. And that's yeah. just why I've, I've been really focusing more on how to market actually what we are. Mm-hmm. Not, not in like we need to make more money in really like a community. Like I want people to know we're here because yeah, they want exactly. that haircut. Yeah, <laughs> No, absolutely. Yeah. See, I even thought of it when when we were first talking as like a safety thing. Like mm-hmm. I find that maybe more. I mean, I'm a lot of people in the LGB community, LGBT community, express like you know the safetyness and feeling safe. Yeah. Like we actually had this whole conversation um, with somebody about how you know, say you're hiring a plumber or someone to clean your house, right? Like, how mm-hmm. do you know they're LGBT friendly? Right. Or like, and they're coming into your, your house, yeah. and you're right? Feel safe. Or yeah, even like, totally. you know, it's kind of the same way going into yeah, another business. Exactly. Like, you want to make sure business, you don't want to be like discriminated against or have yeah. someone have yeah. some, say some awkward comment. And yeah. then right. be like, cause you know, people, you know, I don't look gay. So that means, you know, right. people go on and talk and I'm like, I go, you never know who is what ever. No. That's so you so shouldn't true. be, first of all, you shouldn't even be running your mouth like that mm-hmm. anyway, because it's just like, come on, but yeah. you, you know, but that's a whole nother story, but yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. like be just, you know, kind around others around you but it's amazing to me because even at work someone was like actually this happened like last week they were like oh I had no idea you had a girlfriend they're like we just assumed you were straight yeah and I'm like well I'm like that's why you can't assume things you know and of course (laughs) I play it off now but like years ago I wouldn't have been like that I would have been like it would have made me feel awkward and whatever right I think that your salon also over is like offers that safe space too so so there's like people that maybe don't feel like they could go to say a traditional like hair salon or barber mm-hmm. because one they may not know how to style their hair in the appropriate mm-hmm. way that they want but also yeah. they can feel safe and at exactly. home and like you know yeah like they're trusting you yeah and obviously it is, it is a very like going on yeah. experience yeah. like in emotional yeah, yeah cutting your hair but i think that's great like yeah. I, I i'm like all about this thing about like advocating for like lgbt yeah. businesses because yeah. it's totally I guess it's just because I'm LGBT that I see it from that perspective. But it's like mm-hmm. the average straight person doesn't have to think like, oh, can I go X, Y, and Z? Right. Because they're not going to have anyone discriminating or against even, them. Or even, I mean, and not even that, but I mean, like, you know, like speaking to Jen T. Grace about, you know, like LGBT allies and at least knowing that specific business is an ally yeah, to exactly. the community yeah. is great. But, and I mean, that's mm-hmm. her whole shtick with like, you know, like helping people yeah. to get the word out that they even yeah. just are yeah. an ally. Yeah, like um, I love when people have rainbow stickers on me their too. front of their window. Just <laughs> yeah. like, it's just like, Because you know, so they're like, cool. great. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's like, oh, I could go there. And it's yeah. like, it's not that you can't go to these places. You obviously can go anywhere. Right. But it's just like, you have that extra sense of like, It's oh, one less okay. thing to worry yeah. about. It's exactly. actually having gay pride. It's yeah, like, exactly. So proud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. It's like you're finally seeing what like... Everyone else sees. Like, yeah. we're all just people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where, I guess, like, looking into the future, mm-hmm. um, where do you see Badlands evolving into? Well, I've definitely been thinking about opening up another location. For I've been thinking about it for a couple of years, and I'm really just trying to figure out where. Like, yeah. do I stay in Brooklyn? Is the next location supposed to be in the West Village? Is it supposed yeah. to be in upstate New York? Because I live upstate. Okay. Now I moved up there about a year ago, oh, nice. and I, I I come into the city for work, so oh, yeah. it's working out really well. So I'm kind of like, where? That's my only thing. Is yeah. I, I want to, but I'm not sure where yet. Yeah, that's it. I mean, you know, hopefully, you never know. I think it's really hard 
in the city, I think in New York City to keep businesses alive for like more than like five to 10 years. Because I I mean, usually it's because your rent doubles, but Mm -hmm. like if that's not the issue, then it's just about staying modern and staying relevant. Like, so it's really about the salon growing with, you know, which I think will just naturally happen. Yeah. I felt West Village. It'll be closer to, (laughs) it'll be closer to Hoboken too. Totally. (laughs) No bias. I'm weighing in my votes. That's Uh where I'm putting my vote in. I know I was thinking, I was like, "Mm, where should it be? Mm -hmm. Or, yeah, I think that's, that sounds pretty good. Yeah. I think so too. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, exactly. It's the whole rent thing the I rent thing is so crazy here it's, it's just like really crazy yeah i could only yeah. imagine yeah. new york rent prices it's for crazy. a business mm-hmm. not even like yeah <laughs> it's just really you need to get a cool landlord who isn't just gonna kick you out when your lease is out or like double the rent obviously who actually cares about wanting a small business yeah my landlord's great he wants mm-hmm. us to succeed and he you know he could have gotten there's a lot of chains who asked him for the space and he owns a bunch of spaces so he specifically wants no chains he wants just small business so he's like trying to make it's amazing yeah so it's like really I feel lucky that I found him but I think that's important so do you feel like you get a lot of support I mean I feel like from everything you're saying yes I do feel a lot of support yeah yeah from like so many different like people and avenues I feel like yeah and in Park Slope there's tons of community there's like a lot of community organizations and yeah it's just this neighborhood really breeds that. How did really you choose this neighborhood? neighborhood? Um, well, I've lived here for a long time. I moved here originally in 91 when I was in college. And um, I moved back here about 10 years ago. It yeah, just felt That right. just dated me. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Neither <laughs> of us know how to do math, so it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Perfect. Perfect. I have no idea. Especially in my brain, it doesn't work out. Yeah. So. Uh-huh. Okay. I lived, I've lived in a bunch of Brooklyn neighborhoods, but Park Slope is my favorite. It's just, like, easy here. People are really nice, very mm-hmm. down-to-earth. Just, like, normal people. Yeah. Just, like, regular people. That's what I like about it. Thank you so much for coming on. This yeah, has been really thank great. Thank you so yeah, much for having me. Thanks for uh, giving us some of your Saturday afternoon. Yeah, no problem. It was we fun. appreciate it. Do you want to give a shout out yeah. for any like social media? Like, where can we find, find you? Where can we yeah. find Badlands? Yeah. yeah. Contact um, info. Yeah. Well, the salon's located at 87 Fifth Avenue in Parksville, Brooklyn. And the website is badlandsalon. at gmail. Wait, no, that's mine. Badlandsalon.com, all one word. And the Instagram is badlandsalon, all one word. And the email is badlands at gmail? Yes. Dot com. Okay. Badlandsalon at gmail. And we'll also link these up so uh, everyone can get easy access to them. Yes, definitely. The Instagram, I'm obsessed with like the the before and afters. It's like insane. Sanity. It is crazy. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I love the, um, what was the other? Well, besides like the pink and purple mohawk, the, oh, yeah, uh, the other, um, it was like teal and black. It was mm-hmm. like a mullet faux hawk. Oh, and it yeah, was amazing. That was awesome. It was so like, Joan did you Jet. see the rainbow one? Wait, when she had the ombre hair? But no. it was like rainbow ombre? Okay, this chick it came was in like a week colors. ago with like hair down past her butt and it had been dyed in a rainbow That's color. So it was crazy, but it was all like like faded out and so yeah. she wanted it to be like that silvery granny hair look. Oh, yeah! yeah that, that was, that was the craziest one. Yeah, her hair was so long yeah, and it, it looked was so good yeah. after <laughs> yeah, it did. Totally. That was the best transformation. I, <laughs> 
I was, I was doing. I guess we're gonna have to post this pic for our listeners. Yeah, I think it's. Oh no, I don't know if it was the one that I. uh, Yeah, we'll we'll get it to you guys. Don't worry. Um, But again, thank you everyone for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show as much as we did. As always, you can email us any questions, comments, concerns at hello at nakedandinsideout.com. Uh, you can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Yeah. And then, um, uh, check us free. out. Go ahead. Apple Store, <laughs> iTunes, we need some reviews. <laughs> um, go into ratings and reviews, just give us some stars. That'd be awesome. Yeah, or let us know if there's anything you guys want to hear, interviews, questions that we can ask the people that we're interviewing. All right. That's all. Awesome. Thanks again, guys. Until next time. Until next time. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.